Today's podcast episode is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. Welcome to Everything Pro Wrestling. Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans, for the fans. Tonight we are re- uh, recapping AEW Dynamite, April 21st, 2021. The main event, TNT Championship, Darby Allen versus Jungle Boy. What a match that was that just went off the air. We're going to be getting into that with you guys. Um, hey, Hulk Hogan, thank you for joining us uh, in the live chat here. Don't appreciate you coming in doing that. But I do like putting people in a uh, timeout, so appreciate you, brother. Brother, brother, brother. Anywho, um, thank you guys for joining us. We're going to be talking AEW Dynamite tonight. Derek, not with us tonight. Uh, he is not here. He had to leave because of a family emergency. So I appreciate it. But let us get into AEW Dynamite and what we had on the card for tonight. Thank you, everybody, who has joined us. Original Biggie, appreciate you, OB1, for joining us. BJ, also in the house. He said, another fire dynamite. Ace, one of the mods in the chats. Thank you, Ace. Uh, We got Martin. Martin, thank you for letting me know about the date. I did correct that already in there as well. Um, We already had some dude faking to be Hulk Hogan in the chat. Appreciate you. Thanks for the view. Um, Let's see here. And you know what? Let's get started. Let's get started. Thank you, though, for everybody. If you come on in, welcome everybody in here. And uh, let's get to this. Let's talk about this AEW Dynamite card, shall we? Dude, we start off with Ricky Starks with Hook in his corner versus Hangman Adam Page tonight. Um, I thought Ricky Starks looked really good in this matchup here. Uh, It's not every day that you get to see... uh, like what they what they're gonna allow Ricky Starks to do, and I thought they did a tremendous job with him tonight. Ricky Starks is someone who I'd love to see get more victories, but I also understand why he's on the losing end of things sometimes. Um, Hangman Page has been the guy to build around. Hangman Page is the guy who I believe is going to take that championship from Kenny Omega eventually. 
just my thoughts on it. Um, I think that's what we're building towards. The question is not who takes it from Kenny, but when. And that's the role for Hangman Page at this moment. But he's got to get through some other tasks. They're going to try and put him in feuds with other people. They're kind of holdover feuds for right now. Um, I thought Ricky Starks did great in this. Anytime he's needed to step up to the plate, he has done it. And they had a great back and forth match. Um, one of my favorite spots in the match was when Hangman Page did the deadlift uh, pump handle slam onto Ricky Starks. Unbelievable strength, number one, to pick up another person like that. And uh, he went for a pinfall for a near fall for it. And then the whole time in the matchup, they really made Ricky Starks look smart, man. Like, I don't understand how they uh, did it. BJ just brought up, he flipped out of a German suplex at one point. Dude, tremendous work. Um, I absolutely enjoyed that, how he did do the flip out of that German suplex. The, uh, where was I? The pump, so the buckshot lariat and the deadeye were attempted several times in this. And nothing, nothing could connect on Ricky Starks because they made him look smart in this one. Um, I like it. I thought that they put him in a good position. He tried and tried, but I was more surprised by how he was defeated in this one. Uh, so we mentioned the flip out of the German suplex. Ricky Starks had a bad ankle from that, and it was kind of like focused on a little bit in the matchup. But when Ricky uh, gets put in a bulldog choke, similar to how Moxley does it, Hangman Page does it, flips him over, but he ends up grabbing the foot and applying a choke at the same time. Ricky Starks can't go anywhere, and he has to tap out. I thought that was an interesting way to make someone tap out. I don't know how you guys felt in the chat, but it was uh, it was very different on that one. Um, interesting. Interesting way to end the match. And I like it. Like I said, sometimes you're not going to see these finishes coming out of nowhere. It's not always going to be the finisher that ends the match. And when they did this, uh, Taz gets on the microphone afterwards and distracts Hangman Page. And Hook comes in and hits him with a chop block. Um, afterwards, Hook delivers some stomps. Uh, they didn't look too good, but I still, I'm not going to blame him. Hook's still green in the ring. You can tell he's still in the learning process of everything. So not too mad with what they ended up doing there. And afterwards, Brian Cage comes out. Brian Cage is someone who I also think could be the number one contender to face Kenny Omega eventually. I don't think he's lost any singles matches. And Brian Cage comes out and he looks like he's going to deliver a power bomb. But then here comes the Dark Order to save Hangman Page interesting interesting so it looks like things are heating up between uh taz team taz the dark order and hangman page got it different different things here happening um oh my goodness uh martin's talking about the coffin drop in the main event we will get to that martin uh tokyo rockstar <laughs> yeah i appreciate you for telling hogan that in the chat um, Sonny Bimbo has joined us as well. What's going on, Sonny? Thank you so much. It was a pop-filled show tonight. I marked out a number of times tonight. AEW Dynamite, the one-man show, one-man gang. Shoo! Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm trying to change the setup here with this camera. Uh, I know it's not, like, the greatest for where it's leveled at, but I have a new desk, and it's not, it's not fitting the way I like it, really. I'm gonna have to see if there's some hardware tech camera stuff if I can, uh, Get it. I know if I back up, you guys can see me a little bit more, so hopefully it doesn't look too bad here. Uh, Jesus DeLeon has joined us in the chat. He said, um, 
Team Taz is taking L's. They have been a lot of them. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Ricky Starks and Paige was hella good, Jesus said. Uh, Martin says, definitely props to AEW on giving very different endings to matches. For sure. Uh, he landed on his neck and I thought for sure he was hurt. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it's not one of those lingering en uh, injuries. Excuse me. Uh, Ricky Starks is a future TNT champion, A says. I hope to see it. I hope to see it uh, for him. But it looks like everybody enjoyed that matchup that we see. Uh, we see the Elite making their grand entrance into the arena. The Elite, Super Elite, whatever you want to call them, uh, they come in looking like true douchebags, dressed in some weird attire. They're hanging out with Don Callis. They're in the trailer, similar to if you've been watching Impact, you would see that Kenny Omega is often in the trailer with Don Callis, talking his ish from there. And I don't know, tonight was the first time I think that they mentioned that the AEW Championship is in jeopardy this Sunday. At Impact Rebellion, Kenny Omega is defending the AEW World Championship against Rich Swan, And I don't know if it's been mentioned often on commentary, but I feel like Impact's mentioning it way more, but it's happening at their pay-per-view too. But I feel like AEW should be putting this over a little bit more, but they, they do end up doing it a little bit tonight. Uh, let's see... Oh, Ace just brought up a good point. Remember, Brian Cage has still never been pinned in AEW. I don't, I'm, I don't know about that for sure, Ace, but that's something I would have to look into. Let's get into the next matchup here. We This matchup felt very weird to me. Uh, Pentagon with Alex Abrahantes versus Trent with Orange Cassidy in his corner. Um, now, the reason I said this matchup felt weird was not because of the competitors, I feel like. It felt like they were holding back on purpose. Uh, I don't know if you guys felt the exact same way, but I felt like Pentagon and Trent could have been doing more in this matchup. Uh, Chat, tell me what you thought of this matchup. Was it good for you? Am I just overthinking this? I mean, they're in match number two on a, a big, important Dynamite match card here. So, eh. Eh, this one was all right, though, still. Uh, Trent does a pretty cool dive over the top rope in the beginning of the match. They exchange some back-and-forth moves, and Pentagon hits a destroyer before the commercial break. After that, we get uh, Trent hitting a spear on the outside on Pentagon, and Alex gets on the microphone and starts to insult Trent and says, uh, you suck, Trent. And then he says, Pentagon also says that the best friends suck. And then he gets into, and your mom sucks. And that's where you can't talk shit about Sue they're not having it. They're just not having it. You can't talk that shit about Sue. So after that, he ends up going out of the ring and he's chasing after him and Orange is in the ring and they end up cutting off Alex and it looks like Alex is going to get his, but Pentagon slides in, super kicks the hell out of Orange Cassidy, knocking the glasses off. He's down. The ref's checking on him and while the referee's back is turned, Boom, microphone to the head from Alex to Trent, and that leads to a package pile driver for the one, two, three, and that was it. Uh, Pentagon picks up a win for Death Triangle. I, like I said, this feud is going to take some time between the best friends and Death Triangle, and I think that's the main thing that you have to focus on in this. Um, I think they held back tonight, though. I think that they have a big matchup coming up. They know they have a big matchup coming up, so why waste all of your moves and the oohs and ahs until you're getting in that main event spot? Um, 
Let's see. Jesus said, good match, but could have been better. Uh, and longer pause. Hey, Chris DeZuba, what's going on, man? Thank you for joining us, Chris. I appreciate you guys. Uh, make sure you guys show some love to Derek. He had to leave because of a family emergency. He was here actually watching the show with me, though. Um, let me see. What do we got here? Pentagon's facing Orange Cassidy next week. Yes. We will, I'll run down that card, too. Next week's card looks all right, too. Um, PR, thank you, Nelson, for joining us in the chat, throwing up that Derek Order hand sign. Uh, Martin says, Penta's manager did a Don Callis out here. <laughs> Martin, you have never told a lie, my friend. He definitely used the microphone. That was the first thing I thought of, actually, when uh, I was looking at it. I was like, did he really just do what I think he did? He just, pop, boop, right in the head with the microphone. And did it. Rob, Rob's downstairs watching TV right now. And he said, uh, Rick Knox is the worst. Uh, yeah, Rob was disappointed in his officiating in that matchup. Just can't get in the right spot at the right time. Uh, it's all good, man. It's all good. I feel bad for Rick Knox. He's always in the, the convoluted spots. So hopefully that improves for him and it gets better. All right. Let's get into what was the next segment on the show here. And we had ourselves uh, the pinnacle. They cut a promo backstage with Jim Ross. And I thought MJF did a hell of a job in this. Um, Jim Ross is really good in these sit-down interviews because you know that they're actually going to interview the person. When it's Tony Schiavone, you're waiting for an interruption to happen or some bull crap to happen where someone's like, hey, I want to face you next week. And there's always all this drama that's happening. Now... When we look at this, uh, they said Tully's been drawing up plans for the group. And Tully has been in many of War Games matches. That's what Blood and Guts is supposed to be. It's the old school WCW War Game style match. Do we know the rules yet? I don't believe so. But I think that there is plenty of room for this match to add some things, take away some things, and bring out 2021 Pro Wrestling here. And I think they can borrow some things that they've done in the old ones as well. That's just how I see it. But the Blood and Guts match should be tremendous between the Inner Circle and the Pinnacle. Um, I think this is going to be some real good old school wrestling. And I can't wait for May 5th. So if you guys haven't, check it out. I've actually been working on some graphics for it. Get you guys a little excited. The graphics for that week are going to be pretty dope. At least as far as the thumbnails and the podcast graphics. We'll see what I can do on here too. Maybe I can come up with something for this. But it's going to be really good, man. Um... The Pinnacle starts talking. Wardlow comments on Jericho's promo uh, when he... Jericho had a great promo that week, and he said, except for when you started talking about me. And he said, because you know, when you opened up your mouth, you knew you were doing something wrong. And that was the whole Jericho said he has a 13-cent uh, a brain and a million-dollar body. He, he said it backwards or whatever. So, whatever. Um, we knew what he meant by it. But I do like the fact that they brought attention to it and Wardlow got to talk some uh, good crap out of it. MJF then goes in just talking about Chris Jericho. He says, yeah, I bring up the fact that I'm 25 years old. When Chris Jericho was 25 years old, he was curtain jerking on WCW Worldwide. And that kind of was like, woo, trying to cut deep here. And I thought he did pretty well. He did pretty well. On this promo, uh, MJF is good, man. He is golden on the microphone. This dude gets it. Like, he just understands pro wrestling. He understands how to be a heel. He makes this work. 
Uh, he was given a silk scarf by Tully as well, which is still the Burberry that he always rocks, and it works for him. It works. Um, yeah, I thought this was a great promo. Uh, let's go to the chat here. Martin says, I hope Wardlow will be AEW champion by 2022. He has the physique to be a great champion. We'll see, Martin. I think it, I think it's going to all depend on how people's popularity grow and what they do to get themselves over in all of this. Um, many of factors could happen with that. Could be very, very interesting to see what happens with Wardlow uh, in the future and going forward. I'm interested, though. I'm, I, I want to hear it. Uh, Jesus said MJF had a fire promo. Facts. Facts. Now, before we get into the AEW Women's Championship match, I wanted to let you guys know that we do have some sponsorships on the podcast. We do have a sponsorship with Manscaped. You guys can go to manscaped.com, use our promo code EPWSHOW, put the code in, and get 20% off of the Lawnmower 3.0, boxers, any of your needs for Manscaped, put in our promo code, and we will have you taken care of, groomed, for the summer. So make sure you guys go to manscaped.com, promo code EPW show. And last but not least, if you guys want to watch some free pro wrestling this week, you're bored, go to powerslam.tv. You can watch independent pro wrestling using the same promo code EPW show and get one month of independent pro wrestling on us. So make sure you guys check that out at powerslam.tv. Enough of the shilling. Let's get to the AEW women's title match between Tay Conti and Hikaru Shida. Um, I will say this, out of all of the women in AEW, Tay Conti, or Ty Conti, excuse me, I always say Tay because I read it that way, Ty Conti has been one of the most impressive to me, and I would give her most improved award from the time that I've seen her from NXT until now. She's gotten so much better. Um, really, really good, and I'm glad that she's getting to cut her teeth in AEW, get in the ring, and actually show what she can do. And as far as Hikaru Shida, I was just thinking about this tonight, too. Shida's been a solid champion. Just, like, a really solid women's champion. I think she's not been booked the greatest, but I do think that Shida has a lot of presence to her. And she has a lot to offer. I'm leaving it at that. Um, this match went exactly how I wanted it to go. And this was a showcase matchup here. What do I mean by that? Uh, in this match, both women start off with a bow of respect for each other. They're both baby faces. The crowd loves them both. Um, they knew what they were going to have to do out here, but they had to bring it at the same time. At one point, Tay Conti is utilizing her kicks to get the advantage in the matchup here uh, until she goes on the outside and Sheeta hits a brain buster. And when she hits the brain buster on the floor, that's when the momentum begins to change in Sheeta's favor. They battle back and forth, but then Tay Conti... Or tie, 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 tie your sneaker, tie your shoes, tie a bow. Ty Conti uh, ends up getting into this matchup, and she's a house of fire. She finally figures out what she needs to do, and then they're battling back and forth in this. Um, eventually, we see a great move by Sheeta, though. So as the battle of back and forth is happening, they're both on the top rope. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen Colt Cabana hit the Chicago skyline. It was a movie used in Ring of Honor often to where he would pick the opponent up over his head while on the uh, ropes and just drop you onto the top rope. Uh, Sheeta did a move similar to that but reverse onto her back and it looked like Ty Conti was in pain afterwards, holding her ribs. It was a, either that was a great sell or she really got hurt and just played it off. But very well done. Uh, she eventually makes it back into the ring here. 
and she hits the DD tie for the uh, one, two, close, close fall for a kick out. Sheeta hits the storm zero for a near fall. But the match ends immediately after with a roundhouse knee to Ty Conti's face for the one, two, three. And Sheeta retains the AEW Women's Championship. But immediately after the match, she is met by everyone's favorite doctor, Britt Baker. DMD comes out and she shows the AEW Women's Rankings. And when someone loses, she says she goes up a spot. So Britt Baker shows... Apparently, now that she has lost, she is the number one contender for the AEW Women's Championship. And I think that's the move everybody wants to see, right? I, I don't know. I think Britt Baker is the one who could possibly be the person to take it off of Sheeta. Uh, this looks like a double or nothing pay-per-view matchup to me. What do you guys think here? Uh, let's go into the chat. Ace. Oh, we're going to get into that. Ace is talking about Miro's promo that we're going to talk about next. Miro putting uh, the AEW World Champion, TNT Champion, on notice. Uh, Rockstar says Ty Conti had a good match tonight. Congratulations also to Ronda Rousey on her pregnancy. Yes, congratulations to Ronda on that as well. Uh, Sheeta, uh, uh, excuse me, Jesus says Sheeta be having great matches uh, for the Women's Championship, though. This is a fact, Jesus. Uh, Martin says, I guess it wasn't Ty's moment, yet it's not, if it's not her, then I'm pretty sure Britt will take the title 100%. I agree, Martin. I think if I had to make a prediction now, I think at double or nothing, Britt Baker is going to become the AEW Women's Champion. Uh, Ty and Sheeta, good chemistry together, Jesus says. Yeah, dude, there is nothing wrong with what they ended up doing tonight on this show. They, they came in. They kicked ass. They knew what they had to do. They delivered a good match. Nothing wrong with this. And they gave them time. I thought it was good. Um, Miro pro, Miro's promo brought up the destiny. Ace summed it up perfectly. He basically put the world champion and TNT champion on notice. He doesn't care if it's Kenny Omega or Darby Allen. He's letting you know he's coming after those titles because it's his destiny to be a champion. I, I think Miro and Darby could be the pay-per-view matchup. I'm starting to think that now at Double or Nothing, that could be the big matchup unless Jungle Boy took it off of him tonight, which we'll get into uh, momentarily. Did they do the right thing tonight? I can't wait to get into that with the chat. Um, the Inner Circle then come out. What is happening with them? They come out to cut a promo basically to retort what the Pinnacle, or the Pineapple as Jericho calls them, said. Um... Chris Jericho brings up some really good points. He talked about Wardlow giving him his crap. He said, Wardlow, I couldn't hear anything you were saying over looking at your dumb eyebrows that you get uh, manicured. Uh, I, I don't know if pedicure, manicure, whatever he was saying, but he was talking about his eyebrows being perfect. Um, they had Jake Hager cut this really weird promo. He was throwing straws at the camera, and he was like, you guys will be eating your meat through a straw or something. I was just like, What? Hager's just so random and weird, and I think that's just part of the gimmick at this point. I'll take it. Sammy gets his line in, and I thought Santana. Santana cut a really good promo, too, here. Short, sweet, to the point, and uh, he was talking about FTR never ch stepped up to face them or challenge them, and he said, now that you guys are in a group, you want to do all this talking and you want to challenge us, and he said, where I'm from, that's called a bitch move, and that got a lot of oohs and ahs, like, oh... He said that was a bitch move, bro. So 
this matchup at Blood and Guts is going to be good. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. This is going to be a bloody affair. This is going to be like those classic old school WCW War Games matches. I think it's going to be really good if they had the right finish. As long as we don't get a, a revolution main event ending again, this is going to be tremendous, I think. Um, let me go into the chat here. I thought we saw something new, but I think they're still talking about other stuff. Getting into it. Uh, next up, we had Billy Gunn versus QT Marshall with the factory in his corner. Uh, Billy Gunn comes out. Yo, dude, what is Billy Gunn still looks the same, bro? I don't understand this dude. Like, he, I feel like he doesn't age. How does Billy Gunn walk around like that? And he's just like, ah, you know, you know what I do. Uh, he comes out still looking impressive, can do a lot of the same moves. He's still athletic, in good shape, and he's out there looking great. Um, QT Marshall's out there with the rest of the factory. On the outside, uh, Billy Gunn's kids eventually jump into the matchup here. Uh, they're fighting uh, Nick Camarado and Aaron Solo. Solo, excuse me. Um, they, they just start beefing those two. A brawl breaks out throughout all of this. Um, QT Marshall hits a pile driver on Billy Gunn for a near fall. And then here comes a go-go. He comes out. Delivers a punch to Billy Gunn's stomach, which leads to the diamond cutter. One, two, three. QT Marshall picks up the win here. Um, afterwards, he gets a wooden chair out, and he looks like he's going to put it to use to Billy Gunn. And afterwards, we get Dustin Rhodes coming out, and he's got a bull rope, if you will. The American Dream son, Dustin, had to come out there with that bull rope, daddy, if you will. And he's out there trying to fight QT. They Eventually, he gets control of the chair. And here comes Nick Camarado into the ring. And Dustin just blasts him with this wooden chair. It reminded me of when Haku was uh, Colonel Robert Parker's bodyguard in WCW. I want to say this is like 1994, 95, when they smashed the wooden chair over his head. Made him look like a real badass. And I felt they did the same thing here. Um, I really wish that the chair would have broke through perfectly and he would have had the chair wrapped around his neck, but it didn't work out that way. And well done. Well done. Dustin basically um, just knows like, oh, this dude's a beast. And eventually everyone comes out to separate them. This looks like this feud is not over. My question is, where is Cody in all of this? Like, wh what are they going to do with Cody here? You gotta, you gotta have something to do uh, in this feud. Maybe they're saving it for the pay-per-view. I don't know what's going on. But uh, looks like this feud is gonna continue. Next up, we have the Super Elite. They're backstage talking their shit. They're backstage talking about uh, the Impact Wrestling title match. We're talking about making history. Kenny Omega is going to make history this Sunday when he defeats Rich Swan to become the AEW and Impact Wrestling Champion. Uh, he's just trying to add it to another notch to all the belts that he'll have. The AAA Mega Championship, the AEW Championship. He'll have the Impact Championship, uh, which I do believe is going to happen. And we'll kind of try to talk about that at the end if you guys want with uh, Rich Swan and what you guys want to see and how you feel about AEW and Impact's uh, collaboration going forward. They talk about Moxley and Kingston and the Young Bucks. Matt Jackson specifically was talking a lot in this one, saying uh, we're the reason why a shirt company was able to sell uh, these cool shirts from Japan in 2013, 2014 in the United States. 
and they're talking about the Bullet Club, obviously. Um, and I think this new group is called the Super Elite. I believe that's what I've been hearing them called, at least on Twitter and, and some of the promos and stuff. So the Super Elite are back there just talking, and then all of a sudden you keep hearing car horns. And they're like, hey, will someone go out there and tell them, like, knock it off? Brandon Cutler's filming it, Nakazawa's there, and then all of a sudden you hear the car crash into the um, the the trailer, I guess you would call it, and coming out of the pickup truck is John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston gives a great homage to DMX, saying uh, some great lines. You got to go back if you're a DMX fan. Just listen to what Eddie Kingston says. Um, I absolutely loved it. Moxley in this was crazy. Like he is grabbing a pipe and breaking all the windows on this trailer. Um, they looked really good, but they said that they escaped. I don't know how they escaped that fast. Maybe I missed something. Chat, tell me. Did I miss something here? I don't know. Maybe I'm just tripping. But they they figured out a way to uh, get the Super Elite out of there without having to see Moxley and Kingston. Moxley and Kingston, I think, are going to challenge for those tag team titles. How they get this tag title match, I don't know, though, because there's a lot of teams ahead of them, too. They got to do something big at this show, though, with all these guys fighting here. Uh, there's too much fighting happening. Maybe they do an eight-man tag. Maybe it's like Moxley and Kingston versus, uh, I don't know, the Bucks. Or you go Moxley, Kingston versus the Good Brothers. Or eight-man tag, Good Brothers and Young Bucks versus Moxley, Kingston. And, I don't know, maybe you go with uh, Juice, Finn Juice. Have them team up with them. I don't know. What, what would you guys do as far as the Moxley Kingston storyline? Are they next in line for the tag titles? Do you go with SCU who've been undefeated? There's got to be a right place, right time. All Elite Podcast. Yeah. What's good? Thank you for joining us. Um, Jesus said, yeah, they escape out of nowhere. Yeah, there was like seven people in there, bro. I would have saw somebody running out. I would have assumed. But... We didn't see it. I didn't I didn't really like that. Uh, Jesus said, I think it's going to be Moxley and Eddie versus the Good Brothers and Young Bucks versus J.E. Jurassic Express. Mm, maybe. Maybe. I st- SCU still number one, though. So I feel like they should be the number one contenders. <sighs> Interesting. SCU forgot about them. Yeah. Because remember, the next match they lose, they're no longer a team. And I think that's going to be Daniel Swan's song um, before he gets ready to head on out. Let's get into the next matchup, though. Let's talk about Powerhouse Hobbs versus Christian Cage. I thought this was sleeper match of the night. I thought they really did a good job. Taz, once again, joins commentary and announces that next week Adam Page is going to take on Brian Cage. And he lets us know that Team Taz is banned from ringside because of what happened earlier in the night with the Dark Order and everything else. Okay, makes sense. Um, in this match, though, I like the fact that the announced team was giving uh, Powerhouse Hobbs a lot of respect, and they were comparing him to Butch Reed. Um, and they called Butch Reed Hacksaw Butch Reed. And I thought that would be a great name for Hobbs, too. Like, Hacksaw Will Hobbs or Hacksaw Hobbs would be a great nickname for him. Uh, I think it fits, like, with the H's. Um, versus the powerhouse Hobbs name. But Will Hobbs makes it work in this one. 
Um, and I love what they did in this match. These guys did tremendous work here. Christian can make anybody look good, man. Um, Christian has just been looking out of breath. He's been doing his stuff in this matchup. And I don't mean out of breath like he's out of shape or anything like that. Christian is selling the effects of the matchup in this one. He made Hobbs look like a, a G in this. Like Hobbs looked powerful, strong, dominant. Um, at points, he at one point he stood on like Christian's chest and did the, you know, the stupid Christian taunt or whatever you want to call it. And I thought that was so well done. Hobbs does the little things. I noticed it when I watched him on AEW Dark uh, many many months ago. He does the little things that I'm like, yo, sign this dude. He gets it. And I thought he did a really good job with this. Unfortunately, though, Powerhouse Hobbs got caught by the kill switch. One, two, three. Christian picks up another win. And he is focused on becoming the AEW world champion eventually. Uh, what is going on, B-Boy Skyline? Appreciate you joining us here tonight. Um, yes, Hobbs had a good night, Jesus said. I'm not going to argue that at all. I thought Hobbs looked really, really good in this one. Um, they just did a good job. Christian is so damn good. Like, I think sometimes people are underappreciated for how well they do in these matches and hold it down. Uh, I thought Hobbs did a great job too with like the Vader attack. I love when he does that, like the person's running at him. He just hits him with that kind of, I don't know what to call it. Like it's his body, but he uses momentum just to knock him down. Really good spot. I haven't seen somebody do that since the nineties and I'm like, I like it. Big fan. It reminds just it reminds me of old school Vader. And I thought that Hobbs would be the perfect person to do that. Really good stuff here. Um, let's get into what we have on the docket for next week here. Next week, we got Brian Cage versus Adam Hangman Page. Orange Cassidy getting ready to take on Pentagon next week. Chris Statlander will be taking on Penelope Ford. Billy Gunn, Dustin Rhodes, and Lee Johnson versus QT Marshall, Nick uh, Camarade, and Aaron Salo. Uh, the Young Bucks versus Matt and Mike Seidel. And I think it's for the Tag Team Championships I saw. Why? They must just be giving out free title shots, apparently. And uh, the Inner Circle and Pinnacle Parlay is also happening next week. I don't know what that means or what that's supposed to do. But they're going to have some kind of segment with them next week as well. Uh, oh, yeah. He said the spine buster Hobbs did was nasty, too. That was a great move. But we've got ourselves a really good matchup here. And I forgot to bring up, too, in the ending of that match with Hobbs. Uh, Ricky Starks comes out to check on him after the match, hobbling around on his leg. And he looks at Christian. Christian versus Ricky Starks. Give it the 20 minutes it needs, bro. Going to be a good match telling you it's going to be a good match uh sunny bimbo is out of here have a good night sir thank you for joining us tonight appreciate you um main event time let's talk the tnt championship match jungle boy with luchasaurus versus darby allen with sting uh don't be mean jesus i like the sidell brothers they're all right um I didn't even know he had a brother until recently. Oh, B-Boy Skyline's going to make me say it since Derek's not here. Ricky. Spanish. That was for you, Jocelyn, in case you listen to this later. Um, TNT Championship match. 
Uh, Rob took the notes for me on this one, so let's see what we got here. If I say anything crazy, it's Rob's fault. So uh, we got these guys starting off back and forth trying to gain the upper hand. We see a lot of action moves to the outside here where Jungle Boy tackles Darby over the barricade. Jungle Boy eventually takes control of the match and moves action back into the ring because that's where you're going to win the championship. That is how you win the TNT title that he's been wanting so badly. Uh, I believe he was the first person to challenge, I believe, Cody for the title too. So this is a fitting spot for him. Uh, more back and forth and Darby hits a roll through superplex. Jungle Boy hits his uh, exploder belly to belly in the corner for a near fall. Darby hits a floating stunner then for a near fall. Jungle Boy hits his spike crucifix bomb and sends Darby to the floor, followed by three planchas. Coffin drop onto the ring apron. Uh, I believe Martin had brought that up before. That coffin drop on the hardest part of the ring is nothing, nothing very nice at all. Uh, very painful. And I was actually talking to uh, or listening to a video with another wrestler in it, and he was bringing up that taking bumps even on the edge of that part of the ring hurts way worse. I think it was Jeff from the Insiders podcast who had said that. Shout out to him. Um, so that was all I could think about when I was watching this matchup. Eventually, uh, coffin drop on the ring apron. Jungle Boy barely beats the 10 count at nine and a half. I really don't like when they overuse that too often. Um, I, it's a spot we see far too often, I think, in wrestling today. But he beats the 10 count. Sting and Luchasaurus end up getting into it. Uh, Luchasaurus puts his hand on Sting. Sting uh, pushes his hand off. And they eventually kind of like tussle to the back. And they're out of here. JB hits a, uh, I put said JB, uh, Jungle Boy, excuse me, hits a Brain Buster for a near fall into the snare trap. Um, eventually, he gets to the ropes. Jungle Boy drags Darby Allen away from the ropes, hits a surfboard on him to then go back into locking in the snare trap with a different variation on it. And it looks like he might still be able to tap, but Darby Allen gets out and hits the Last Supper, that figure four pen for the one, two, three, and still your TNT champion, Darby Allen. Immediately after the match, though, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page attack. They were waiting in the uh, back, just waiting to get these guys. And they start putting a beat down on Jungle Boy and Darby Allen. But here comes Lance Archer. Uh, everybody dies. And Lance Archer makes the save. And he is getting jumped until... Uh, Rob, why did you write Uncle Steve and his bat make the save? So Archer eventually even um, is out there. And then they had to even the odds. So what happens next now with Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky here? There's a lot of potential. I could see a tag match maybe with Archer and Allen versus those two. Maybe Archer challenges for the TNT Championship. Who do you guys think is going to end up facing him at the pay-per-view? Is it Miro? Is it Miro and Darby Allen? Is it Archer and Darby Allen? There's a lot of possibilities here. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, Jesus said match of the night. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't disagree with that. I thought this was really good. This was the match I was looking most forward to uh, when it came down to this card. And I thought they delivered. Really good show tonight uh, by AEW. I know we say that every single week, but I thought tonight was a little bit more than a solid show. Um, Sky and Ethan versus Archer and Darby. Yeah, I think maybe. Maybe that's the pay-per-view matchup. They could do it. Uh, Skyline 
is talking about Scorpio Sky in the chat. Appreciate it. Yes, yes. Uh, should have been a triple threat or a four-way. They could go that route too, Jesus. Maybe they'll fool us. Maybe there's a a different way of them doing it. But Miro's got to be worked in here somewhere. I don't think Miro's going to challenge Kenny. You wouldn't have heel versus heel. It's got to be Darby at some point uh, getting into it with them. That's how I see it. But chat, I got to ask you, out of 10 tonight, what would you give AEW Dynamite? What is the... Uh, the final grade that you would give it out of 10. Uh, one being like, uh, it was a bad show. Five being, you know, middle ground. 10 out of 10 being, it was amazing. <laughs> and Rob just yells, Uncle Steve. Y'all leave Sting alone, damn it. Leave Sting alone. But yeah, tell me what you guys thought, man. Uh, how was the show? Ace is asking a question in the chat here. He said, where does Jungle Boy go from here after losing another TNT championship match? Mm. I feel like they Jurassic Express gets to there, almost has it, then they lose. Um, I think they got to build up their tag wins. I think maybe by All Out, you could do something with it. Um, perhaps. Maybe this is the time where they think about splitting. Maybe they go up against the Young Bucks eventually. Jurassic Express has a lot of options for what they can do with them. You know Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus will be focus points for them. But also you got Marco Stunt. What do you do with him too? Lots of uh, options for them. Uh, Jesus says, I agree on Miro versus Darby. Should be one-on-one. -on -one. Rob says that tonight's show was a 7 out of 10 for him. Jesus says 8.5 out of 10. Rockstar says 7. Ace says 7 out of 10. Who does Omega face first, Adam Page or Christian? Hmm. Christian. I think Christian might get the title shot at all out. Um, they they could potentially give it to him. If Christian keeps wrestling every week and getting dubs, I think he could be the one uh, for the next pay-per-view too. When I think that match will be a banger of a match. Uh, great in-ring work besides the uh, Penta and Trent, but the character work was uh, off for me tonight. Oh, I think you mean for that matchup? Yeah, that match didn't connect really well with me either. Um, good. Well, it looks like you guys enjoyed the show. And before we get ready to head on out of here, I did want to talk really quickly about um, the Impact Rebellion pay-per-view. And I know you're like, well, what does this have to do with AEW? This has nothing to do with AEW. Yeah, but yeah. It does. So, AEW really hasn't promoted the match too much, but Impact is doing a hell of a job promoting it. Jim Ross has been on their video side cutting uh, like his uh, thoughts up on it. We have Moro Ronaldo joining the commentary team to call the main event, which is tremendous. I don't know if that means Moro's possibly interested in getting back into wrestling. I hope so. Tony Khan, make the play. Tony Khan's going to be there as well with referee Aubrey Edwards um, with him. So we know AEW people will be in attendance for this pay-per-view matchup. I think it's a foregone conclusion. Kenny Omega has to beat Rich Swan for the title here. Uh, I know if you listen to like an Impact podcast, some of these people aren't feeling Kenny Omega becoming champion. Uh, anybody who's in the chat, if you guys care about it, tell me. What do you think? Is Kenny Omega the right guy? Do you feel like this is going to hurt Impact if he becomes the champion? Will he be a lame duck champion to you? Uh, I would love to hear what you guys think on that. 
Adam Page is ranked one, so I'm like, who will he feud with if he does not face Omega at double or nothing? Well, Jesus, I'm going to make a bold prediction here. I think next week, Brian Cage is going to defeat Hangman Page, and he's going to be the thorn in his side, I think, for right now, to where it's like, oh, well, you got to go through me, and I beat you, so I'm taking the next title shot. We We all talked about it before. I think... Ace had brought it up that he's undefeated. Hangman Page definitely took a little bit of a, a, a chop block from Hook there. So that's how I see it. But I, back to that Impact Championship. Do you guys feel that this is how it's going to go down? Is the Impact Championship uh, going to play a factor in AEW going forward too? Lots of things to think about here with Kenny Omega. Uh, Jesus said, yes, Kenny Omega will win, but need more Impact wrestlers on Dynamite and need more AEW wrestlers on Impact too. Jesus, I think they're trying not to blow the load with that, though. You don't want to have all these people show up and then you lose all the great matchups. I think if you do it slowly, you can kind of mix it up, trade some talent here and there, like, hey, I'll give you this person and then you guys take this person. You could do that. Um, Jesus wants that invasion. He said, let's get that invasion going. Perhaps, I, I would love to see New Japan get in on this. There's a lot of New Japan wrestlers I think could have interesting matchups with AEW talent going forward. I, I want to see what happens here with this. And I want to see how Impact reacts to it. I have a fear that the fans are not going to like it if Kenny Omega gets the victory. But I, you can't be mad at it, man. I think you just have to to deal with what's coming at you, and this is what it is. Like, this is what you have no you have no control over. It. I think AEW needs this championship right now. Kenny Omega, as much as people don't want to admit this, Kenny Omega brought a lot of eyes over to Impact Wrestling again to give it a chance. He did at one point. He had the Twitch numbers up greatly. Now they switch nights because of NXT moving to Tuesdays. Now Impact's on Thursdays again. Um, Jesus says slow build it up, but I'm cool with that. Give it time. Give it time. They brought in New Japan guys, and they're the Impact Tag Team Champions right now too. So time will tell what's going to happen with this Impact feud. Uh, I'm hoping to try to talk about that next week. I've got some WWE videos planned coming up for the channel here. Um, like I said, I'm right now really analyzing a lot of things to see what's working, what's not working, um, what's cool, what's not cool. So you guys let me know how you feel about certain things and we will work on it from there. If you guys have any ideas for me, you guys can send me an email at epwshow at gmail.com. Also down below are all the social media links. Guys, if you haven't subscribe to us on YouTube, if you're watching us on here right now. Hit that like button for us if you haven't as well. Facebook, we have an official page with over a 1,000 likes on it. Show us some love. And we have the official Everything Pro Wrestling Facebook group. We got weekly chats, uh, threads, and discussions of the live shows. We're on Instagram at EPW Show. On Twitter, over 5K followers. If you haven't, give us a follow on there. Uh, talk some wrestling with us at EPW Show. And, oh, Ace is coming in. Rich Swan will put up a fight on Sunday, he thinks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the way AEW is talking, there's no way Rich Swan is going to possibly become the AEW champion. <laughs> that, 
there's no nervousness. There's no like, well, this could happen. Feels very odd. But maybe they're trying to play in the Tony Khan's uh, I'm a I'm a jerk heel promoter persona, McMahon in Memphis type of heat that he's been trying to get. But thank you guys for showing us some love. I'm going to end this a little bit early tonight. Uh, prayers to Derek. Hopefully everything is all right. I know he had an emergency. Um, and I appreciate everybody who came in here and joined us tonight for the AEW Dynamite stream. So I will do my best to get some reviews up for you guys and try to take care of some of those things. It may be the next day, but I will try to get up an impact review uh, of some sort if I'm able to. If it's like by Tuesday, if it's not up, you won't see it. But I've got some things cooking up here, I promise you guys. So make sure you guys show us some love on everything pro wrestling. Thank you for joining us. We are out. Peace. Everyday pro wrestling, they can never be you. Listen to the podcast for the people. The best show that's here, so listen in. Let the knowledge begin. The opinions, the lesson, yes. For the fans, uh, for the fans, uh, not many in this can understand, uh. This the podcast to show you who I am, uh. Conrad Cushman, the legend in the plans, uh. Please listen every day to the showcase. The opinions and knowledge that anyone can take. Showing you how it is done. Proving I am number one. What a legend becomes. This is now my time to show you that I am here, uh. This podcast just to make it loud and clear, uh. By the fans, uh. For the fans, uh. Not many who's here can understand everything pro wrestling, they can never be you. Listen to the podcast here for the people, the best show that's here, so listen in. Let the knowledge begin, the opinion and the lesson, yes. Everyday pro wrestling, they can never be you. Listen to the podcast for the people, the best show that's here, so listen in. Let the knowledge begin, the opinions, the lesson, yes. going on EPW Nation it's your boys from the Everything College Basketball Podcast Josh and Peyton here to remind you all that college basketball season is right around the corner yes we finally know it's right around the corner and Peyton there's only one place people should go for all the college basketball excitement well Josh the only place to find all college basketball hoops all the time is Everything College Basketball Everything College Basketball can be listened to on several podcast hosting sites like Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And we can also be found on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Everything College Basketball. Yes, make sure you are joining the group with a, a couple other hundred people and growing by the day as we march into year number three of the Everything College Basketball networking system. Now, let's get back to Conrad and Everything Pro Wrestling.